It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. On today's Locked On Thunder podcast, Isaiah Joe explodes in this game for seven three-pointers, but it wasn't enough. The Thunder crawl back from 19 points, grow a 15-point lead, but lose in overtime to the Nuggets. What lessons can be learned from this game? We'll talk about it on Locked On Thunder on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast, on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, media member and editor-in-chief over at thunderousintentions.com, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter at LOThunderPod. Email the show, LOThunderPod at gmail.com. On today's show, brought to you by Sweatblock, we are going to dive into the Oklahoma City Thunder falling in overtime to the short-handed Denver Nuggets. Isaiah Joe has probably the best game of his career, certainly, of course, the best game of his under career, draining seven three-pointers off the bench. SGA has another 30-point game. Pokashevsky continues to impress. And at some point, this is just who Poku is now. Are we at that point yet? We'll talk about that coming up. But today's show is brought to you by Sweatblock. If you or someone you love is experiencing embarrassing sweat, make sure you check out Sweatblock. Save 20% with the promo code locked on at sweatblock.com. Also available on Amazon. What a game this was. Let's start with our game overview the way we always do. Thank you so much for making us your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you. Talking Thunder basketball. Our schedule will be posted. At the end of this podcast, I'll tell you what it is uh, moving forward. Now, in this game, of course, Chet Holmgren's out for the season. Usman Jang is out in this game due to G-League assignment. However, he also did not play in the afternoon game against um, the South Bay Lakers because he has a non-COVID illness. Now, the plan is for him to rejoin the NBA team at some point on Friday. Now, there's not clarification if that is before the game against Salt Lake City or after the game against Salt Lake City. Of course, if he plays in that game against the Stars, the odds of him playing in the Thunder game in the nightcap are not very high. If he doesn't play in that game, obviously, if he gets recalled, he can be available for the Thunder to play actual minutes. But that was a plan that was put in place prior to the injury, injury, the sickness for Usman Jang, which he came down with on Tuesday and missed practice and then missed the game Wednesday. So we'll see how he progresses and see if he is healthy enough to play in either game on Friday. Lindy Waters from Muscala, uh, Jalen Williams out of Arkansas were all out as well. Michael Porter Jr., Bones Highland, Jeff Green, and Jamal Murray out for the Nuggets. So the Nuggets were very shorthanded on the second night of back-to-back. 
on the uh, second night of it, which is on the road after a home road uh, back-to-back. The Thunder start with SGA, Lou Dort, Josh Giddy, Pokashevsky, and Jeremiah Robinson Earl. The five biggest minute getters were SGA, Lou Dort, Jalen Williams, Pokashevsky, and Jeremiah Robinson Earl. The biggest thing from this game wasn't necessarily one player. Like we usually hyper focus on one player in this first biggest uh, storyline. The biggest storyline in this game was simply the game. The Thunder once again start slow. They get down 19 points to a team in the, in the Nuggets who, again, second half back-to-back, missing a ton of players, and the Thunder are favored to win this game at home after a day off on Tuesday, but they have another slow start. And so I asked Mark after the game, um, you know, what is it about these slow starts? Because it's obvious. I mean, the talent's there. You're turning it on at some point throughout the game, mostly the third quarter, but in this game, the second and third quarter uh, for the Thunder team. You know, it's in there. You can, you can compete with these teams. It's not as though you're just completely and totally overmatched, but the slow start kind of buries you or at least makes it harder to come away with a win because you're you're starting behind the eight ball so much. And Mark really explained it the best that he could in the sense of the players are aware that they're starting out too slow, that they need to get better at their starts. The Thunder are aware that they need to get better from the coaching staff to the players to everything. But a lot of that is attributed to the inexperience. Like a lot of that comes with experience of, Okay, how do we prepare for these games? How do we get up for these games? How do we uh, have a strong start? And a lot of that is young players playing these teams, like Josh Giddy mentioned, in my opinion. A lot of this is, like Josh Giddy mentioned, how NBA teams are scouting him now and they're game planning for him now and they're they're taking things away that they, that they realize about his game now that they didn't realize about his game his rookie season. And so when you get in these games, you have a slow start, because you're the one on the kind of reeling end of, okay, I've got to adjust to their adjustments. And I think that that kind of plays into it too. And I think that that's what Mark might've meant whenever he said, like it comes with experience. But the big thing that Mark pointed out was while everyone's aware of the slow starts, he doesn't want to just keep beating it in and beating it. In, like, Oh my gosh, we've we, we panicked level. So to say, like you don't want to keep going and going and going on these slow starts, because at that point it can become a mental thing. Uh, according to Mark, and I get that you know you don't want to you don't want this to to be an issue that lingers whenever the guys can clearly fight through it and clearly p- play through it, um, and and at some point you would assume things will just fall into place the proper way to start a game, uh, but OKC as they have all season long just randomly turns it on after they get down 19 points. I mean this game was boring. There's no other way to describe it. It was boring in, in the start of the contest in the first quarter. Like nothing was going right for OKC. It just felt it just felt like everyone was kind of in a in a slog, kind of getting ready to go on holiday, right? Kind of at your job, right? I'm sure that you know if you if you went to work Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, whatever it was, you probably were not as productive as you as you were last week, or as you'll be next week, whenever uh, you were looking at the calendar and staring down the barrel of uh, of holiday uh, a break, even for just a day in in uh, Thanksgiving in the Thunder's case. But that's what it felt like in the first quarter. Then. The Thunder battle back. Not only do they battle back and tie the game or even get within striking distance, they do all that, all of that and build a 15-point lead in which they won the third quarter frame 34-15. to They won the second quarter as well to help build this lead and, and to push it to 15. And then they end up surviving their way to overtime but just could not get over the hump in overtime. And the, and the Thunder looked like the team who was on the back-to-back, even though they, they were not. They looked like the the more ran down team in overtime uh, of, of this, of this contest. To me, this is all 
encompassing of what I've been saying since the preseason. This team is talented. This team is better than last year. This team is going to compete. This team is going to be fun to watch. This team is going to be fun to see grow and play together and see how many different pieces get into these games. I mean, Mark is playing 10, 13 guys at a time, and each guy you you can tell yourself is a legitimate long-term kind of piece for the Thunder and an interesting aspect of what they're building in Oklahoma City. All that being said, though, they're the youngest team in the NBA and the second youngest team in NBA history, only ahead of last year's Thunder team. Young teams typically lose games because they don't know how to win games yet. This is all-encompassing. The Thunder lack experience. They don't know how to start fast. The Thunder lack experience. They don't know how to hold on to a lead. The Thunder lack experience. They don't know how to get that, that third and fourth gear in overtime when you feel like you've exhausted everything. But it's not for a lack of trying. I get that it's frustrating. I get that this loss was a frustrating loss because of who the Thunder uh, had and who the Nuggets didn't have. And they made that great comeback from down 19 points. They built a 15-point lead, then they blew it. I get that that's frustrating. But it's not as though the Thunder are just sitting on their hands and watching this happen. They're a young team that's losing games because they're young, but they're still trying to improve. They're still trying to to win these games. They brought SGA back earlier than his normal minute rotation. They brought him back at the 747 mark instead of around the five-minute mark because they couldn't survive the non-SGA minutes. They tried different laps. They tried full-court pressure. They tried trapping. They tried everything, and it mustered two lead changes, three times tied. The Thunder even shot 45% from three. This is a team that does not shoot well from three. They shot 45% from three. They won the turnover battle. 17-9. 17-9. to nine. The Thunder had the advantage in the fast break points. 16-3. to three. This Thunder team, which does not have that many driving forces offensively, had six players in double figures. And even Mark got a technical foul in this one. A technical foul that fired up the team, fired up the crowd, and he explained after the game he thought was warranted because of the fact that he, he called it a a cumulative frustration. So it wasn't necessarily that Pokashevsky foul that, that he disagreed with, even though he did disagree with the foul. It was the fact that all of it just kind of came to a head at that moment for Mark, where the Thunder lead the NBA in drives. They lead the NBA in paint touches by 10 times the second place team. He said that it's like 89% of the fouls or 69% of the fouls, whatever it was, happen in the paint. The Thunder are in the paint more than anybody, and if the Thunder only have the 28th foul rate out of 30. like So, obviously, that's frustrating for the Thunder, and, and, and Mark felt like they weren't getting the freedom of movement calls that they that they should have gotten, so he got a technical foul, and this is something that, that does not really happen for Mark and does not really happen uh, for this team, really. But even he got a technical foul, which, again, was cumulative, and I do think maybe there was a part of it that was just kind of uh, to do it to fire the team up. Like, I'm going to fight for you. We haven't been in the calls all season. It's it's getting ridiculous now. I've got to fight for I've got to show you that this isn't right. I'm going to stick up for my guys. And it, it worked. It fired them up and everything. But this team rat-a-tat-tatted through the Rolodex of, of solutions, and none of it was the perfect fit yet. They haven't found that perfect temperature of porridge yet as a young team. But eventually, they will. 
eventually they'll figure out how to mesh, how to, how to twist the Rubik's Cube in the right way to get the right lineups on the floor, to get the right uh, combination of players together. Eventually that'll happen. And eventually beyond like adjustments that you can make that you can physically see, right? Eventually things will just be adjusted for the players themselves. They'll just know. They'll know what it takes to win these close games. They'll know what it takes to win in overtime. They'll know what it takes to, to be prepared for these games, to, to, to be able to come out with a a good tempo and a good start to a game. So like this is all kind of a, a real-time example of what I've been saying all season of, you know, young teams lose. It's not picking on the thunder. It's not it's not just kind of a buzz phrase. It's it's true. Young teams need to learn in these environments and which is great for the thunder moving forward because now they've been in these environments a lot just this first 17 games of the season, 18 games of the season. So they're going to continue to be in these environments throughout the rest of the season. And so that's great for the thunder as well. So uh, we'll talk more about this game. We'll talk SGA, we'll talk Isaiah Joe of course. All coming up on today's show. But first, I want to say right now about our good friends over at Bet Online, folks. Bet Online is your number one source for pro and amateur sports betting on football, basketball, MMA, boxing, UFC, the FIFA World Cup. If you want to bet on that as well, it's Thanksgiving. There's no NBA on, but there is still a ton of sports from the fantastic Feast Week tournaments happening in the NCAA uh, basketball to the NFL, which features the Dallas Cowboys as 10-point favorites at home against the New York Giants at 3.30. You can bet on that. You can bet on the Patriots versus Vikings game, and you can even bet on the Lions and Bills line, which the Bills are 9.5-point favorites on the road in Detroit. So go over there right now to bet online for the best and fantastic odds with the news and scores that they have for you. But online is where the game starts. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and locked on NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are back on the Locked On Thunder Podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Rylan Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter at LilThunderPod. And... We're diving into SGA just being incredible. He plays 42 minutes, scores 31 points, gets seven rebounds, 11 assists, two steals, a block. He went 14 for 14 at the free throw line. 14 for 14, which matches a career high in free throws made, uh, by the way. One for four from three, shot 40% from the floor was incredible in the mid-range as expected, was incredible as a rim finisher, did a great job of spraying out and finding his teammates and and being that facilitator with those 11 rebounds. Nothing nothing about those 11 rebounds were jaw-dropping or were just pearl-clutching. Nothing made you fall out of your seat. And I say that in a good way. It was just good decision-making. It was just a nice pass. It was repeatable. It was repeatable. 
from the from from Shea's perspective. And you hope it's repeatable from the players he's given the ball to, that they can also convert on their end of the bargain. But it wasn't as though the Thunder just got lucky with SGA throwing a behind-the-head pass that cut through two defenders. No, it, it was just Shea making the right read, the right decision at the right time, and the Thunder rewarding him for it. So that, that's how he got his way to 11 assists. And he even had the crossover move of the century, what it feels like, dropping the Nuggets and having Poku do his little gallop on the sideline, which was incredible. Uh, mentioned before, he came back earlier than uh, he typically does to close out the fourth quarter. So he played the final 7-47 of the fourth quarter. He played all five minutes in overtime. And he boosted his numbers from 27 points to 31 points. That's only a four-point uh, output for SGA in the fourth quarter in overtime. And I think that that's probably a usage rate thing. I think that's probably just the guy played 42 minutes in a highly competitive NBA game. That's not easy to do, especially with every game being this way for Shea. Like there's not a game really uh, besides maybe that Toronto game, you could say where he is just not asked to do literally everything on the floor and get a break at all. And so I think that the usage rate can play a part in wearing him down and, and, and how hard he had to fight to get the Thunder to that point uh, can, can, can weigh into the fact that, the, that he only scored four points. I think that one of the most impressive possessions, though, and one of the most possessions that you can take the most away from in the future is that SGA at one point, there's a specific possession I remember where he brings the ball up, top of the key. Isaiah Joe just hit a couple threes. He gives the ball to Isaiah Joe and gets out of Isaiah Joe's way. Folks, SGA, who's playing at an MVP level, who's averaging 30 points, who's on pace to score over 30 points in this game, did score 31 points in this game. The hot hand was Isaiah Joe. SGA gave the ball to Isaiah Joe and let him work. Now, it didn't end in in some incredible bucket or anything like that. However, I I point this possession out to say, this is good long-term for who SGA is. We've seen him make the drive and kicks and make the right decision when spraying the ball out from the paint. We've seen him do that throughout his whole career and it's, and, and it's gotten better this year even. But the the deferring to Isaiah Joe, even for just one possession, to me shows you should not worry about labels and stardom and, and who's going to get what final shot. SGA, I think, is just a really good basketball player and a really smart basketball player. If Chet Holmgren next year has has four straight possessions where he gets four straight threes, SGA is not going to say, "Okay, it's my turn." No, no, keep keep going to Chet Holmgren. If it's Chet Holmgren's night to score thirty seven, and I only score twenty five, I think that SGA is fine with that. And it was only one possession. I don't want to blow it out over proportion, but I think that if he's willing to give give Isaiah Joe a heat check whenever he doesn't have to. He'll be fine deferring to Chet Holmgren in certain instances, deferring to Josh Giddy in certain instances, whenever it is their heat check moment like it was for Isaiah Joe tonight. I think he just understands the gravity of every moment that he plays on the floor. And so it, it goes back to what I was saying last week. Yeah, he's, he's spraying out to guys right now who are struggling to shoot the ball at, in some instances, but eventually those will be guys that can knock down the three ball. And so it's good that he's having the right process and, and getting to 
the right process, even if the result doesn't have that instant gratification. Deferring to Isaiah Joe for one possession was the right process. Uh, you know, he gave it to the guy who had the hot hand to see if he can continue uh, that streak. There's only one possession. He still took over the game. He still did a great job of balancing, you know, doing the balancing act of getting his teammates involved plus getting his and, and, and being the engine that could for this offense. But I think that that possession uh, might speak wonders to what the Thunder fan base can expect from SGA moving forward. We're going to move forward talking about Isaiah Joe and Alexei Pokashevsky all coming up. Plus, let's talk some J-Dub as well. But first, I want to say right now, we're good friends over at Sweatblock. Folks, Sweatblock is incredible. It is what you need if you are experiencing that embarrassed sweating or embarrassing odor. Folks, everyone knows someone or has a personal experience with a sweater where you're just sweating, whether it's a forehead sweater, armpit sweater, back sweater, whatever it is, everyone knows someone who just sweats profusely. What Sweatblock does is they do a great job of giving you tools to limit the sweating, cancel it out, and allow you to live your life more comfortably and confidently. And so if you need that confidence back in your life with stopping the sweating for a big presentation or a big date or gathering, make sure you check out Sweatblock. You can go right now to Sweatblock. Use code LOCKEDON for 20% off. You can also get Sweatblock at Amazon. So check it out today. That is Sweatblock. No matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax experts make them count. Did you say no to a big wedding and elope at the county courthouse? That's a move. Did you go back to school to get your degree? That's a move. Did you relocate for a fresh start? Well, that's literally a move. Maybe you moved into a houseboat instead of a house house or switched gears from rideshare driving to video game streaming. Or you rode the stock market to the moon and back. TurboTax experts make all your moves count, getting you every credit and deduction you deserve. They'll file with 100% accuracy and get you your max refund guaranteed. So, switch to TurboTax. Make your moves. They'll make them count. See guarantee details at TurboTax.com guarantees. Experts only available with TurboTax Live. Let's get it going back on Lockdown Thunder on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your teams every day. We're here for you. Talk at Thunder Basketball every single morning, every single day. So now let's talk about Isaiah Joe. Are you kidding me? I don't think that we give enough credit. It's it's easy, right? If you stay ready, you don't got to get ready, right? Saying that. And that's his job. Like it is, It is his job. But folks, sometimes you do your job so well that you deserve credit. I know it's his job. I know he's paid millions of dollars to stay ready. But it's incredibly hard just for your body alone to be playing 7 NBA minutes here and 16 NBA minutes there and 32nd NBA minutes here and then tonight be asked to play 21 NBA minutes in a highly competitive game in highly pressurized situations, taking shots to tie the game, taking shots to take the lead, and drain seven three-pointers on 10 attempts. Grab two rebounds, get an assist, 17 points. 
the last three that he made, you know, in this era, second to last three, whatever it was, where Poku goes over, saves a loose ball, tips it down to him, and then Isaiah Joe just in one motion gets the Poku tip, resets, pops it up, and hits the three before the defense can react. Like that is just a level of shooter that the Thunder have rarely ever experienced, if ever. On the defensive end, he took a charge. Right, he plays hard on that end of the floor as well. He shot 70% from three. And again, I, I just don't think that people will give it enough credit besides just throwing the blanket statement out there of stay ready, you don't got to get ready. They're millionaires. They have to do this. To go days where you don't play at all, days where you play 30 seconds in the first half to end it and that's all you play, days where you play 7, 16 minutes, 17 minutes here and there, to be playing 21 minutes that are impactful, that are competitive and not garbage time or anything like that, like competitive games where both teams are trying their hardest and everything is 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 feeling as though the, the, the game is on the line is a big deal. Jalen Williams also played like a big deal from Santa Clara. 16 points ties a career high. He is not scared, which is the biggest takeaway from him. He took the shot to, to take the lead, buried it. Like he does not shy away from the big shots. In fact, not only is he not scared, he's not hesitant. If you pass him the ball down three at the three-point line, he's going to shoot it. He's going to take the three. He's not going to double-clutch it. He's not going to He's not gonna ball fake one. He's going to shoot. He's going to shoot. That's a, that's a huge mentality to have and a good mentality to have as a young player. 16 points, one block, uh, a rebound. Got to the line six times, which is great. It shows how hard he's going to the rim and, and, and putting pressure on the rim and drawing those fouls. And you know that I always love to look at guys' uh, free throw attempts because I think that, that, of course, puts you in a new tier, right? From five points a night to ten points a night, ten to fifteen, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, six or six here tonight for uh, Jalen Williams. And then two for three from three. Mentioned the big shot, including the go-ahead three. That was awesome from him. And then Lester Pokoshevsky continues to play well, and it's fun to see how the NBA is adjusting to him. Watch how hard guys are closing out on Poku at this point. Like, there was a moment where Poku was two steps behind the three-point line, and the Nuggets defender is racing over to him, so much so that they over-pursue him, fly by him without Poku even doing a ball fake, and then Poku just is able to to manipulate the defense that way and knock down uh, the shot. Two for four from three, a jump that's becoming a real threat, and at some point, I don't think it's right now, but at some point this goes from a fun little story to, yeah, this guy's this guy's kind of a shooter. This guy kind of has it, right? He's shooting 47% from the corner three. Like, this guy kind of can, can, can knock those shots down. I think that it's already getting there. Of course, there's still a huge ovation for Poku whenever he breathes in Oklahoma City, but it's getting less and less walk-on-y, right? Remember last year and even earlier this year, preseason, first couple of games, if he ever touched the net on a three, the crowd went wild. Like he was a walk-on at Kansas playing the last 40 seconds of a blowout went over Oklahoma State. Like the crowd just went crazy. But now it's just a normal reaction to a, to a three-pointer. It's a more it's more normalized for Poku to hit that three. 13 points, three assists to steal. I want to mention this too. Three blocks again. One of the best shot blockers in the league in terms of blocks per game and everything like that. But I want to point out, Poku is really hurt with that ankle. Like, that ankle really hurts. So much so that it needs to be wrapped up when he's on the bench. We oftentimes, like, will make a big deal out of it whenever, like, 
you know, an older player, maybe like Russell Westbrook, like has the huge ice packs on his knees on the bench. Like Poku has to wrap up his, you know, his ankle whenever he's on the bench. Like that's how hurt he is. That's how much attention and, and treatment that it needs. And to still have the bounce to go get three blocks and the link and, and knowing how to use your length is incredible uh, for, for Poku 62% from the floor and only one turnover. I mean, I'll use a mark line. If you told me that Poku could play a game in which you could get three blocks, you could have three assists, you could have 13 points and nail two threes, but only have one turnover, you probably need to do a sobriety test for me uh, this time a year ago. Jeremiah Rumpsnerl also uh, looked good. The big thing for me, for Jerry, was his three-point shot is getting better in terms of hesitation. And now, it's still not perfect. There was still a moment in this game where he double-clutched and kind of and lost the opportunity to shoot a three. Did not do that the next time and actually made it over uh, his defender. But he's getting more faith in that three-point shot, and you're seeing the percentages rise this season. So that's been something that I've been following since he was drafted because I've been I've been dying on this hill of he can shoot, he can shoot. Now he's finally shooting it well in the percentage category and not just in the uh, how pretty it looks category. Uh, Denver covers the spread. They were plus one. OKC, of course, minus one did not cover MVP this game, Isaiah Joe. I mean, I, I'm so impressed with how Isaiah Joe played. I'll give him the MVP. Now, what do you need to know about Lockdown Thunder moving forward? Uh, Thursday will be a special Thanksgiving episode. What are you thankful for? For the Oklahoma City Thunder, leave that below here on YouTube and on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Friday will be a mailbag episode. Saturday will be a recap of the Bulls game. Sunday will be a recap of the Rockets game. And then we're going to get back into the Monday through Friday flow. So make sure that you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from, including on YouTube. And until tomorrow, be good and be good to one another. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.